0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ollie and All. I am your host, Alan and welcome to the latest episode. This week, I'm joined by Gagan Sandu, a writer and a very close friend of mine. We had a great discussion surrounding everything related to her own personal writing, how there's such a need for diversity, even within diversity. And we also talked about social media, specifically the hashtag culture, and how that's currently affecting both the political and the social landscape. She also shares a little excerpt of her book that she's currently getting ready to send to publishing, which is so, so good. Um, Goggin, she comes with so much insight and so much passion, and I really can't wait for y'all to hear this. So without any further ado, please welcome Ollie and Goggin on Ollie and All. Enjoy. Hi Goggin, welcome to the show. Hey Ollie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: great. Thanks good. for having me on. Uh,
0: I am so excited to have you on. Obviously, I feel like um, I say this a lot, but I mean it every time. But with you specifically, the first time I met you, I remember we were driving one of the first times I met you. We yeah. were driving um in to a the car beach. to the beach, that's right. And we were having this conversation. And I was sitting in the front and you were in the back, and we we're just, you know, chatting or whatever. And immediately, shortly after, I was like, I need to have this girl on my podcast. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was just the things we were talking about in the moment. And um, I had to ease my way into, you know, into your life and say, and I remember maybe the second time I was like, well, you just come on the show. <laughs> so I am so excited to have that come to fruition. I know.
1: I'm really excited because I've been listening to you for a while Yay. now and... I mean, I love to talk
0: about myself. <laughs> don't we all? Why do you think it's called Ollie and all? <laughs> <laughs> I kid. No, it's going to be such a good time. We're going to have some, some great conversation, um, some, some good laughs, I'm sure, but all, all, all the more um, always insightful with you and I, so super excited about that. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself? Let the people know who you are and what you do, and then we're going to launch from there.
1: Sure. Um, so I recently moved to Vancouver, but I've lived in Calgary my whole life. Mm-hmm. But I've been kind of someone who's been up and around. I don't like staying in one spot um, I've found over the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm Duggan, I'm obviously Punjabi, as you can tell from my name. And I do marketing, and I write.
0: Amazing.
1: So I'm kind of an author, unpublished yet, but working on it. And yeah, just moved to Vancouver in July, I think. Yeah. Officially. Not, not long ago. Yeah. And right. just settling into the city and kind of yes. getting my feet.
0: Love it. And as you would said, you're somebody that doesn't like to stay f- still for too long, for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, I know you'd recently done a... Um, traveling excursion, let's call it. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to kind of like touch on that, where you were, what you loved, what countries and spaces you loved?
1: Sure. Um, so pretty much most of all year I was in and about various countries and I'm just really blessed because I could do it while I was working Mm because I I work remotely through a company based in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Um... But really, I knew as soon as I finished university, because I, I was in university in Toronto, Then mm-hmm. I came back, and I moved back in with my parents. I was in Calgary, and I just really struggled with that transition, and mm. I just felt like I needed to escape. Yeah. Not to say my parents are horrible people, because they're actually amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're amazing people, but I, I just felt like there was so much that I hadn't seen. So I... I got this job in Calgary and I just, I worked there for about two years and it was just, I was like, enough, like, I I just need to see the world. Yeah. Like, I was terrified because I was doing it by myself. Um, so I said, okay, I need to go to a place where everybody speaks English because that's just what I understand yeah. and I wasn't comfortable kind of jumping into the deep end yet. So I started off. That was your off. number
0: one, like, yeah. got it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I started off in London and it was there for two weeks, um, maybe three weeks. And then I was like... <laughs> I planned this other um, kind of there's this community in Spain that I joined for a few weeks, mm-hmm. so I went there and I loved it. Didn't like the community because I for for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I traveled around in Spain, met a whole bunch of people, and then I um, traveled with a few friends, did a few countries in Europe, and then I actually got lonely. Oh.
2: <laughs> so
1: it was my cousin's graduation from university back in Calgary. So I flew out on a whim and I surprised her. Stayed home for three weeks and then went back at it.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And then I came and visited Vancouver. I came and visited Toronto. And then I went to South America for a few months mm. and traveled around there. Then I came back to Calgary and then I think I was just ready. Like mm-hmm. I was so traveled out. Um, it's Bolivia, exhausting within it's, itself, it's right? It's exhausting. Yeah. Bolivia was the last country that I was one of the last countries that I was in, but I got food poisoning. Um, It was just a very emotional country for me. Mm. And then I was just so tired and I just knew I needed to settle somewhere. So that kind of led to me being here.
0: Nice. Amazing. Well, for selfish reasons, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Um, Were you writing while you were traveling?
1: I was. I was actually editing, actually. Oh, okay, great. Um, So I've always struggled with writing in terms of... Writing a book, because I feel like once you start writing, you actually don't realize how difficult it is to write a full-length novel. Right. Um, so before I started traveling, I actually finished one.
0: Amazing.
1: Um, so I was just working, and I had this h- editor in San Francisco that I was working with. So while I was traveling, I was just working with her back and forth, trying to get this book shaped up so I could submit it for publishing. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely writing and working as I went along.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I almost need to take a step back, and I want everyone to know like, what you write about. Like, sure. <laughs> what's what's you know your specific genre or genres, for lack of better.
1: Um, I'm a huge nerd. Okay. Yeah. So, what I like to read is actually fantasy action books. Mm-hmm. Um, even like romance novels a lot mm-hmm. as well. So it's like. I kind of like to read the books that are not that intense, almost. Got it. But are secretly intense, so Got that it. are easy to read. But then, as you read them, you're like, "Okay, wait, there's there's more to them."
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: kind of what I want my writing to be. Um, like, I'm not I'm not going to be that person that writes this intense, like, dramatic. Book. Right. Like it, <clears throat> I think for a while I tried to be that person, um, and it's funny because I watched this. This is off topic, but. I watched this speech that Shonda Rhimes gave. Mm. Um, and it was, I think it was like a Harvard speech or something. Mm. And she said that for so long she tried to be someone like Toni Morrison, who is this amazing, amazing author. But that just wasn't her space to be in. Mm. So um, she ended up doing Grey's Anatomy and private practice. And it was just like, that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm never going to be Ruby Core. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just... I'm never going to be her. Like, I love her. I love her success. But mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not what I can create. That's not what I can write. So I I write popular fiction right. is what I like to call it.
0: And Rupi Kaur is, um, for the, those that don't know, yes. is a renowned and famous um, Indian poet. Poet, yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Amazing. And did you find just at the beginning of your, um, your career and at the beginning of your writing that you were almost trying to mimic in a way or and simply because you were drawing from um,
1: uh,
0: relatability perhaps?
1: I think I can be honest in saying that I was really jealous. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which sounds super petty but it's like I feel like it's a struggle that any creative person has where it's like you see someone who's being very successful and you're Mm -hmm. like Especially Rupee and that she's Indian and she's in that space, and I was like, "Oh, like, I'm just not working hard enough. I'm not. I'm just mm-hmm. not getting there." And it's like, her work is so great, but why is that not my work? There's just Got like, it. it's this thing that I think you kind of deal with as a human being. Absolutely. Where it's like, you know, why, why, why am I do- not doing that? Yeah. Why, why not that? me? Why not me? Right? Yeah. Um,
0: I'm. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm putting in the same amount of work. It feels like, or I'm making the same amount of sacrifices. So why not me and why them type of thing
1: yeah and to be honest it's like i've definitely grown from that emotion but that was originally it um i've just grown to accept that what i put out into the world is so different it's so different from the people around me and that now that i look at her i'm like go girl yeah (laughs) you are representing there's so many actually female artists out there um so many rising indian artists and it's like they're just representing diverse spaces or yeah. creating these spaces that lets the people after them
0: yeah, absolutely. get into absolutely and it's interesting too i 'm going to slightly digress, but you know thinking about these um, creative spaces, whether it 's writing or music or television, and it's interesting as minorities, what happens, what ends up happening is because there's so few, especially i'm going to say um, um Probably as women as well, right? Because there's so few, we end up categorizing them in, into one subgenre within themselves. So everybody you know, that listens to the show knows that I love Insecure, yeah. obsessed with Issa Rae, love, love, love it. But she'd done an interview not long ago and she was talking about the show within itself and people were saying how she's talking about the black experience. And she was like, no, 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 I'm talking about my personal experience. That is within a black world, yes, but that's not everybody's black experience. And for it to be whittled down, that th- this one 30-minute show that, that's on eight times a year, to define the black experience is actually very unfair.
1: It is. It's actually a burden, it's I a would say. It's a
0: huge burden. It's
1: massive. And it's like, if you ever have, if you're ever the, the brown person or the black person... In a group of white friends, it's like whatever you say, there's this pressure that you're representing Mm -hmm. who you come from. It's like, okay, I have to say this or I have to say that. Mm -hmm. and You have to get past that because it's like we need to tell diverse stories, but we need that diversity within diversity, if that makes sense. So it's like there has to be a diversity of stories within Indian stories. There has to be a diversity of stories within Black stories like it's mm, you need amen. the diversity within diversity there's not there's not the black story, there's not the Indian That's story it. like there's no defining story we're just as human as everybody else is,
0: and we have just as many layers and just yeah. as many emotions and just as many um backgrounds as well and different experiences within that, but totally. for whatever reason, you know the global society has just decided to be like i don't know like it's <laughs> it's still you know um. Yeah, that's really that's really amazing that you say that. And to what you'd said about you know being, you know that one for lack of better words token in a group of people, mm-hmm. you end up also having to consistently educate. Yes, and yes. that's a lot of work within itself. And yeah, I mean I w- I'm guilty of this as I am. Everybody knows I love my black. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but sometimes I get tired, in in a, especially in those um, settings and those social situations. It's like. Somebody might say or do something that's, um, you know, problematic. Problematic, okay. and I'm just like, oh, you know, like.
1: Do I speak up? Uh, yeah, do I just and it's let not it because go? I, it's
0: not because I'm, I'm being complacent in that, but it's like in that moment, just in that very moment, I'm just, I'm a little tired. You might have caught me on a bad day, but I don't feel like yeah. putting on that fight. And you could argue that any activist would not stop fighting. Um, any, you know, anybody that is um, here for equality and human rights and, and things like that. Never stopped fighting, but I'm. St- I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I still. To be honest, can...
1: I think they had off days all the time.
0: Absolutely. Right? How could you not?
1: So you have to have that space within yourself, and I think the fights that the people before us that they did, you know, they they had to do it. Yeah. And it's like there was so much struggle there, where their lives are at risk. Like it's Absolutely. a different atmosphere. But I do feel like that sometimes, as a culture, we definitely get complacent. Yeah. Because it's... So true. It feels like the problems are too big. So And there's what
0: can you even do. So, so true. Um, And where do we start? Yeah. Yeah. So true. I think, you know, I think we start by what you just said. Is by, first of all, understanding that there is um, layers in the layers. And there's layers in diversity. And that these diverse stories have diversity within them. And I think that's an, an amazing place to start. So I love... Um I love that I know you and I love that you're <laughs> <laughs> that you're putting this work out into the world because it's so 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 important. Um so who, who were your as you started out writing um your writing career? Who were your big inspirations? Who do you kind of draw from in terms of um inspo?
1: It's such a mix of people. Um like I said I was, I am still a giant nerd. So mm-hmm. growing up I actually read like Lord of the Rings okay. and that was to me, that was me being immersed in the ability and the power of literature just to create this whole other world. So it's like, if you weren't having a great time in your life, you can just fantasize about this. For whatever moment that you're reading that book, mm-hmm. you're transported somewhere else, and you don't have to worry about your problems, and you're taken away. Mm-hmm. So that's what fantasy has always appealed to me, um, and it still appeals to me today, Um but then, of course, I, I've i done a lot of uh, romance novels, mm-hmm. reading a lot of romance novels. Um, the grandfather, grandmother, the mm. forerunner of romance novels is uh, Nora Roberts. So okay, she's, yeah. Yep. She's everywhere. She's kind of the most popular one. Um, so I definitely read her. Mm-hmm. It's funny, the first time I read her, um, Slightly Persons was in was in a hospital.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I was there, cause um, I was there with my mom, mm-hmm. and we were there for a few hours, mm-hmm. um, and we were reading, or we weren't reading. She was having a procedure done, mm-hmm. um, and there was this book there, and I was just with her, and I just read it, and instantly I loved it.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: so that was the first time I read Nora, Nora Roberts, and I really loved. I just love the fantasy of it. Yeah. It was like a different kind of fantasy. Yeah. It's like there wasn't magic or anything. It was just this fantasy of falling in love.
0: Right, right. So I
1: love that. Um, and then there's modern kind of romance um, authors. Penny Reed is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many. Terran yeah. Chance is a good one. Um. So I I find I want to kind of write what I love. Yeah. Um, But my writing at the same time, is so diverse as well. Right. Where it's like, everything that I've read has always been white.
0: Right, right, right. So it's like,
1: I love fantasy, but it's kind of been white. And I love romance, but all the characters are like Debbie or Karen or whatever. Right, right. It's like, and their stories are great, and they give me the butterflies, but there's a missing part that I don't resonate with. Which is almost
0: the fundamental part of it, is that... Really relatability story. Yeah.
1: Like there's no brown girls falling in love totally. in the stories that I'm reading. They're just not there.
0: Right. Oh my they're goodness.
1: These blondes or these brunettes and yeah. they're kick-ass characters, but I mean they're not dealing with Indian parents. Right. <laughs> they're not they're not dealing with kind of the problems that I deal with, just on a personal level. Yeah. So with my writing, as I get older, I'm like, I actually want my characters to stand in. So it's like the romance that I started writing has Indian characters. Mm. The fantasy book that I originally wrote, I'm rewriting to include, for it to be based in India.
0: Love it. To,
1: to have someone who, originally her name was Lynn, hmm. now she's Lakshmi.
0: Love it. So, That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so it's just, to make that conscious decision moving forward to, um, yeah.
1: yeah. That's not to say that I would never of course. write other characters, but it's like, If there's a need out there, if there's... That's what I want. That's what I'm craving. So why would I not try to kind of fill that with my own work?
0: There will always be Becky's. Yes. There will always be Becky's, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we we have such a deficit of um, this, of what you're putting out there, which I think is so important too. And that's why, um, again, not to circle back, but that's why shows like Insecure I think are so successful within their own right is because there's such a deficit for that. Um, specific genre almost, which yeah. is like um, a subgenre within itself. Of course, it's a, it's a dramedy, I would call it. Like, it's a drama slash comedy. Um, but it's still, it's still telling an experience that is universal, mind you. Oh, yeah. It's an incredibly universal, um, these stories that are like right now, yeah. the storyline, you haven't watched the most. No, I okay, haven't. Okay, I'm not going to say anything no then. No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> but it's, anybody watching it, that's existing in the current dating world, would understand Would it. understand. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, it's so great that um, the, it's, she's making um, a conscious decision to include black characters yeah. to tell a universal story. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, there's such power in that.
1: It was, um, it's kind of like Crazy Rich Asians, right?
0: Hey, um, amen
1: now. When I think of that movie, I don't think Asian movie. yeah. I think amazing romance yeah. and specific scenes that made me tear up and yeah. gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, oh, I watched that Asian movie because it's like you said, it's universal. Yeah. Like what was different with this movie is we we're just not used to seeing diversity where mm-hmm. it's like unapologetic mm-hmm. and it's drenched in diversity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, Yeah. It's unapologetic, it's not the token character, it's not like the grocery store person, it's like for Indian characters, it's like, no, this is it.
0: This is, yeah. All facets of every character is is this, and that's amazing. That movie is is incredible. Like it's, I just found it, I know we watched it together, but it is so good. I remember after we are just talking about it, and just kind of being like, kind of hyped up about it, because I thought, I loved first and foremost, um... Uh, again, the, the representation, I thought that was so yeah. important. And to to know prior to that there was 25 years between an all-Asian cast... Um, is insane. With, is insane. Yeah. And then after the movie, I went and I started just reading about, you know, the film as a whole. And apparently it had got, like... It, Netflix was trying to... Um,
2: buy it. To buy it. Yeah. That's
0: right. But the director, the creator, uh, said something along the lines of it deserved a classic, grand... Um, premiere at yeah. in the cinema, and I was like, oh, that, that and that's a it's a risky move, you know, but he believes so much in, in the art that he was creating that he said, no, it's worthy of this, and it's yeah. deserving this. This year specifically, it's so interesting, just on the heels of Black Panther, Crazy Rich Asians, um, it's just been such a great year for um, diverse, not even, ugh, I hate even that word, it's like yeah. almost becoming a bit of a buzzword, so I don't mean to use it in that realm, but it's become it's it's a year that we're we're showing people that our stories matter just as much and our stories can sell just as much if yeah. not more and that was always I think Hollywood's biggest thing is like well this won't sell this won't sell this won't yeah. sell um, but Black people have money Brown people have money yes. Asian people have money like <laughs> you know like oh, totally. show show us in our in the movies and we'll go like. Yeah oh yeah so that's just an interesting um, aspect of it but um,
1: yeah like everybody I feel like this year has been monumental in different ways in mm -hmm. that these we're just being launched into the mainstream yeah and it's like but our color is celebrated but it's not the story
0: yeah yeah
1: like again Crazy Rich Asians is not an Asian movie yeah um it's a great story with yeah. an Asian cast. Right,
0: exactly, exactly, exactly. And similar, Girl's Trip from last year, that was the kind yeah. of breakout film. And yeah. That was a film... It, 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 you look at the um, poster, and yeah, you might see four women of color, yeah. but really when you watch the film, it was funny. It was hilarious. It was, hula- it was hilarious, yeah. and it was a bit of a love story in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... And yeah, I don't know. I just thought, right, like we're... These stories, they they, they need, need to be told, and yeah. they, they don't all have to look the same. You know, you can have a diverse cast, and it's not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just find it's exciting. Yeah,
0: it's so Like, exciting. it's so
1: exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, but back to your writing. Yes. My bad. <laughs> we, <laughs> okay. we digress. Um, when when did you decide and i know this is might sound like a bit of an, um, an obvious question but when did you decide that this is what i want to see through because anybody that's an artist will tell you that it's it's a, it's tough you know yes. like it's 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 definitely not um it's not always almost like feasible, do I mean that in terms of, like, mentally, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. there's not a regimented work schedule, there's not, you know, you're kind of always working because you're always creating, so when did you decide that that's the decision that I'm going to do for myself?
1: I feel like I've always been someone who loves to read, mm-hmm. um, but for so long, like, I remember in grade eight, we had a lifestyles class, and the teacher said, well, create this postcard, and, um, research what you want to be and write it um write the name do some jot points the feasibility and I, I picked writer mm. so it's like I know for sure since grade eight um I was just I just I just knew mm. uh but it's funny because I'd never actually written anything back then oh, like I w- okay. I didn't grow up um writing any of my stories down. they just kind of were being built in my head mm. So, I'd be like, oh, this is a good idea, or what about this kind of world, and what about this, or wouldn't be this, this would be great. Mm. Um, but I never actually wrote anything or tried to write anything. Um, so, since grade eight, I, I always knew I wanted to be That's a writer. That's amazing. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's the kind of thing Something where I, yeah. I don't notice when the time goes. Yeah. Like, I will, I will do my marketing work, and it's like, it's creative. But I will know exactly how much time I put into it. Right. Like I'll know, okay, I worked four hours on marketing. Yeah. But I could work 10 hours on writing and it wouldn't, I'd be so happy. It's yeah. frustrating because writing is frustrating as fuck, yeah, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I would be so happy. Yeah. So it's just, it's me when I'm the most happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you care to share some of your writing? with us? Sure. <laughs> well, Putting you on the spot a little bit, but I ask you to bring a little excerpt of some sort, just sure. to yeah, I would love to, to. I've never heard it, mind you. So this is a person for a me as well. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> Putting you on the spot like that. I'm so excited to hear this, though.
1: So this is so. Like I said, I've been editing this fantasy novel that I've written already mm-hmm. to be Indian character. India so um, in the meanwhile I've actually started this newsletter I've been working on this newsletter where I've been releasing a chapter every few weeks um, about this this Indian girl Suri is her name okay um, and what, what I wanted to try my hand at was just a basic romance that was my intention okay. I was like I write these elaborate like fantastical worlds and let's just let's just try to write a simple romance. Mm-hmm. Um, it got carried away. Okay. So
0: <laughs> Does that happen often? You find?
1: Um, yes, that's a problem of mine where it's like I overcomplicate things. So got I'm it. learning. Got it. Um, this year to simplify. But basically, um, the intention of this story was to be kind of romance. Um, girl meets guy, um, and we kind of see what progresses. But the girl is Indian, so she comes with a lot of baggage about that kind of baggage about sexuality mm-hmm. um but this guy is this like charming guy um but then as I wrote it evolved into okay what does her past look like mm. um and I want to know what her mom was like when she immigrated from like India Got like it just it. kind of evolved <laughs> so what I'll share is first is just a few sentences where it's like the romance side of things um, and she's kind of with the guy, so I'll, I'll share a few sentences about that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of the banter back and forth, and then I'll share another excerpt where, um, where it's this other side where she, it's describing her mom and where she came from. Amazing! So I think it's
0: amazing. Diverse. I'm so excited! <laughs> oh my god!
1: Let me get my dramatic voice.
0: Yes, in. get it on, get it on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So again, to preface, this is. The guy and the girl. Okay. Okay. Can you tell that I haven't straightened my hair in a while? Thick dark waves hang down the length of my back. I also wonder if you can see hints of a unibrow coming in. I haven't threaded my hair in a week, and in Indian girl time, that's an eternity. Not that it matters what I look like. There's no reason to pretty myself up because nothing will ever happen between us. I'm a virgin and he's a hot stranger from the internet. Um, So this is a little bit more steamy. Um, There's a defined V line coming out of the black jeans he has on now. It arrows down perfectly to the crotch area. Shaking my head, I realize the permanent donut box living on my nightstand will have to go if I ever want to achieve that level of muscle definition. Nope, wait, who am I kidding? I will have to sacrifice multiple children at the altar of some demon willing to make deals with a thick Indian girl who just wants to look like Priyanka Chopra. Oh,
0: oh my god.
1: So that is the more... That is
0: so amazing.
1: Yeah. Um. So there's another expert, which I'll do the, the mom one. But in general, when I made this character, it was just bigger Indian girl, because yeah. I feel like romances are always so thin, Yes, and they're so skinny. <laughs> it's like, that's not real. That's not real. <laughs> that's not real. That's not real. Uh, I mean, it is real, but there's right. more. there's more. But,
0: right, yeah, good like, Good. Good one, yeah. So
1: this is someone who eats takeout, doesn't know how to cook, because mm-hmm. it's, I just wanted her to be real.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, Indian woman, she knows how to cook, she cares for her family. No, this is a girl who ran away from her family, mm. she eats takeout, um, she's chubby, and she drinks a lot of alcohol, okay, yeah,
0: okay. so
1: it was just I wanted to bend tradition, yeah, and just make someone who's human opposite and human, yeah, yeah. um okay, so then I also wrote a chapter where it's like, okay, where does she come from mm. where um, what's your background? I want to hear about her mom, I want to hear about her family, um so this is excerpt that I wrote and I'll just say a few so Suri is the main character's name right. just as a reminder um, I'll be saying the word Bibi a lot okay. and what that means is grandma
0: got it good yeah.
1: okay so I'll start when Suri's brother was born it was to an audience of three the doctor Ma and Bibi a tiny doll of a woman who made her place in the corner of the delivery room she sat hands folded tightly together and elbows tucked under the arms of a rather large chair, taking up almost no space at all. Despite that, her presence still caught a lot of attention. Every nurse that entered glanced back at her. It was the shawl that did it. It had stayed on underneath her scrubs, poking out at the neck and making her shoulders form big, exaggerated lumps. Bibby didn't care. It also didn't matter that her arms could hardly move. She knew If given the chance, this country would take your traditions away until you were left with nothing. So you had to hold on to them, regardless of how insignificant they seemed. When the doctor was called in, he gave Bibi a broad smile. This wasn't his first Indian patient, and he was used to seeing the different shapes and patterns of their fabrics. And often the brightness of their clothing was matched by cheerful personalities. But one look into Bibi's burning black eyes was enough to have him change his mind. One look made him go over to his patient and use his own body to shield her against that corner of the room. As for Ma, she didn't remember the doctor's whispered reassurances or the concern that shone in his eyes. Contractions rolled through her body like waves, crashing at high tide, her toes jerking every time a new one came around. However, those didn't really bother her that much either. Payne was a familiar guest. As a young girl it had kept her awake, kneading deep into the muscles and licking fire across skinny arms and legs. There was nothing that kept it away for too long. Sometimes there were a few days of relief, but not more than that, because no amount of pleading kept the beatings away. See, her father was a farmer whose crops kept failing, and as an only girl she could only be a burden to him. Cleaning and cooking didn't give him the wheat didn't make the wheat grow better, or give him the extra pair of hands he so desperately needed in the fields. Even if she tried her best and made his favorite curry with the little ingredients they had, her father would still come by and grab her by the braid. What am I going to do with the girl? (laughs) Which means you killed your mom. The worst was when he used the leaves from bamboo sticks. Those bruises last the longest, and sometimes if he had drank enough that night, her skin would split under the force of his swing. Ma just pretended that every new opening was a way into the sky, that her soul could use to escape, and soar. Dance above the village, free among the stars that kept their light on for her. That was a lifetime ago. Marrying abroad had put an ocean between her, the village, and her father. And yet here she was, lying on her back, legs held high and pulled apart, having to answer the same question. Worry about the same thing, because even if the doctor had blocked her sight, she knew Bibi was there, waiting to see if her daughter-in-law had failed for the third time and birthed another girl. Goodie. Goodie. What am I going to do with the girl? Fortunately, a boy came into the world that day.
0: Holy. (laughs) The end. Wow. When this gets published, (laughs) I'm buying several copies. That's amazing. I've, that's amazing. I've never heard like your writing before. So that was just yeah. amazing to string those words together like that. Wow. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> that, that gave me chills. Holy.
1: Yeah. I was it was proud. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was so good. How much vulnerability do you find goes into that? That's that's really vulnerable stuff there.
1: It's funny because before I used to write, I like my first book I remember. My my first failed book, my second book that I finally got together, I didn't have to do anything about my heritage. And it was almost like Mm. easier to write. It was like at a distance. Um, But now that I'm reevaluating everything, and then now that I took on this project where I'm trying to write this romance with an Indian character, it just makes you look inside a lot. Mm. And say, okay, so these problems that she has, the problems that she has is is something that, I mean, it's not my exact problems, but it's right. like things that definitely make you more vulnerable.
2: Right, Like, right.
1: you're not writing about characters that are from there or that are fantastical. These are, this is something that's real. Right. And so it's like, it's funny again, like, I was going to write a straightforward romance. It was all going to be jokes about yeah. this girl who's like over drinking and like being sarcastic yeah. with this guy and just like playing around with him. And Schumer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then all right, that chapter. I'm like, okay, no, this is yeah. this is different.
0: Yeah, interesting. Wow, um, and there's almost too. It's like at that point, there's almost no going back once you kind of tap mm. into that. Hey, like, what there's what option do you have? As soon as you start looking into that vulnerability, you might as well just see it all the way through. Yeah, because um, how much truth comes out of that? And and yeah. and because those words strung together, that was incredible. That was Thank you. So good. Oh my gosh! I'm I think that's so the first time I read it out loud. I'm so <laughs> excited. That was an all-in-all all exclusive. It
1: was. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: No, I am so excited for you and to see, um, obviously, where this goes. And
1: so this one actually is because the one that the the fantasy novel that I'm editing right now—that's the one that I am going to send to publishers. But Got this it. this story is one that I've. It's kind of a workshop story. Mm-hmm. in that I've already started, like, it, it's already released to an audience. I have, a, I have a newsletter that I send out every few weeks. Got it. So it's not something that you have to wait for. It's not something that you have to pay for. It's completely free. Um, it just gives me an opportunity to connect with poor people. Got it. Um, and it's funny, because when I, when I started the project, it's been a few months now, um, over a few months, and I sent out my first chapter to the people that I emailed out on my, on my email list, and they're like, a lot of Indian are like, Okay, this is what we were waiting for. Oh, Like we nice. just we just wanted. There's one, and I I've emails and I've saved them in my inbox, where it's like, okay, like, I've read so many books, but not someone who's Indian. Right. And it's like it just it just gives you so much encouragement because right. writing is so hard some days. Oh my god! Where it's so hard, but then I love this project because I'm sharing it as I'm doing it. Yeah. And I've sent emails where it's like, okay, I I couldn't put anything together. Like right. I'm sorry. Or send emails where it's like, okay, I've actually written three chapters. I'm sorry. Right, right, <laughs> Like, right. now you got to read these yeah. new chapters, even though you've already read them. So they really get to see a work in progress. Um, it's really, that's the kind of project that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just being able to share as I write.
0: Um, you find that to be more helpful?
1: Yeah, it's almost, it, one, it forced me to write. Got it. Um, on the daily, but it's almost like your podcast where it's like, you're putting it out there. Yeah. Like it's not just, oh, we're having conversations yeah. with friends. It's like you're putting it out to the audience. So for this one, um, yeah, I just I just love sharing it with my readers. Mm-hmm. Um side note, if you want to be a reader of my stuff.
0: Yes, please, yeah. yes.
1: Um, you can go to my Instagram. My Instagram is at GuggenTheWriter. Mm-hmm. Uh G a g a n the writer
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and the link in my bio you can take a look at my writing and you just sign up Amazing. and it's free you enter your email address and what it means is just I send you chapters as I release them
0: love. and then you can
1: let me know what you think or you can just be silent which is love fine it, as well
0: Love it. I do you find you get um I think I've asked you this before just off the mic obviously but are you percept um when it comes to feedback do you find yourself to be fairly like um receptive to it yeah, yeah. oh yeah um, Do you have to be? If you're going to see writing through? Like any any, any individual.
1: I think you have to have thick skin. Yeah. I think if you think being a writer you're going to make a lot of money, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like a small percentage of people that make it really big. Mm-hmm. And that's the people that you hear about. But a lot of times the day-to-day struggle of a writer is you're going to get hundreds of rejections. Mm-hmm. When I say hundreds, I mean hundreds. Mm-hmm. Like people... Like Harry Potter, 50 rejections at least. So that's 50 times where the author mailed out a letter, maybe some chapters to different people. Then you got to wait like six to nine weeks mm-hmm. to hear back. And you just constantly, you get constant rejections. Yeah. Um, so you have to be, like do not become a writer if you're not passionate totally, about it. Totally. Is what I say. Because <clears throat> it is so hard. Um, especially if it's novel writing. Yeah, because it's you have it all pieced together in your head, but then the act of writing all these words
2: out—it
1: mm-hmm. takes months and months and months.
2: Absolutely. And then not
1: to med- uh, mention editing, which takes months and months and months. So um, it's a long process, but I love critique in yes. that. Um, I love being better. Mm. I think just just as an individual. I want to be better. I want to learn more. I want to be, like, an amazing writer. And Mm -hmm. often people, like, they're modest about it, but I'm not modest about Mm. it. Where it's, like, I want to be the best writer out there. Like, I want to create books that make people forget. I want to make books that make people have butterflies in their Mm. stomach. I want to make books that people resonate with. And for that, I have to keep practicing. I have to keep making my words the best that they can be. Um... So I want my books to have that emotional connection. Um, so that's my goal. Like, I'm hungry yeah, for it. Absolutely. It's not something that I'm going to, like, hide. It's not something that it's like, oh, you know, I'm just working on a side. No, I'm, I work every day, multiple hours a day to yeah, be a better writer.
0: Totally, totally. Well, based on what you shared with us, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that you're going places. So I'm just excited to see where this really takes you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh.
1: I'm excited to see this podcast and oh <laughs> just so creative. I love
0: that <laughs> thank you it does help I was actually one of my questions I was going to ask you um was do you have a community of writers where you find you can go to to just kind of um keep that inspiration and motivation alive and well or do you find you get that from your um um subscriptions like your writers um, or readers it, sorry
1: it depends um Because readers give you this kind of honest feedback, but writers give you... Okay, well, they teach you kind of the technical aspects of it. Mm -hmm. So, do I have a writer's community? No. But not because I don't want one. Got it. That was going to be
0: my follow-up question. Do you want one?
1: (laughs) I I want one, 100%. I just don't know where to to get one. Got it. And where to find one, and where to find people that I like that we can write together. Because writing is such... It can be such a... A thing that you do alone in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: for sure. In
1: your robe, yeah. writing all day, and you probably haven't showered, and yeah. you need to get out of the house because you haven't talked to anybody for hours, and you're disgusting.
0: Right, right. So, <laughs> that is writing.
1: Like, <laughs> that's that's me. Yeah, I don't know if that's writing, but that's me. Like I'm like okay, Guggen, like go shower. Yeah. <laughs> go talk to someone. Like totally. it's time. Um, but it's so important to have people that. Um, critique your work that you read their stuff and it's like this creative community and that's kind of what I missed from university Mm -hmm. to be honest Um, I didn't do any writing but I was an artist in university Mm -hmm. Um, so I miss that I miss being able to see other people's work and be inspired by that Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a challenge that I'm trying to figure out in in Vancouver is how do I get myself out there to see galleries how do I get myself out there to see other people's you know talk about their work right um but I feel like a big city can also be super alienating at some time. In
0: the same, yeah, breath, for sure.
1: So for it's sure. like, you're comfortable, you're comfortable in your apartment, what are you yeah. going to
0: do? Yeah, that's so true. Um, on, with that being said about university, university as well gives you a certain structure that definitely allows for it, um, yeah. in my opinion, that um, sometimes the real world just doesn't, per se, you know what I mean? Like, as you just said, we, now we have to seek it out.
1: Yeah, that's you know, the hard part.
0: In, there has to be a lot of intent behind yeah. you, yeah. you know, finding totally. um, these communities. And whereas in university, it's like university, it's with, it's almost its own community yes. right there. So it's not, you don't have to search very far to find clubs, organizations, things like that that pertain to your specific skill set or interests. Um, but as you just said, when you uh, enter the real world, and let alone um, a city of whatever caliber, yep. um, you there's a little bit of more work that goes into it. And you're, and you're still trying to find, um, not even like these uh, organizations and clubs, but people, like human beings that you're going to connect with on a genuine level. And yep. that can be a lot of work within itself too.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in university, if you weren't working or you were just working part-time, now we have jobs. Yeah. But it might not necessarily be the job that you want to do. Right, right. Or that is giving you that feedback. So, so many hours of the day are devoted to this job.
0: To getting, to existing, yeah, first of play. all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the rent here is insane. It's insane. I'm just going to put that out there. Where I thought moving to Vancouver would be this incredible thing. And to be honest, parts of it have been. Mm-hmm. But I'm working so much more. Mm-hmm. So I'm working so many more hours just so i can pay rent so instead Mm of like i i had this vision when i was going to come to vancouver that would be okay like i'm gonna immerse myself in this creative city Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna work i'm gonna write so much i'm gonna find all these groups Mm -hmm. but so far what i've been finding and maybe it's because i'm new is i'm so focused on just surviving yeah (laughs) (laughs) where it's like yeah okay we're saying Suddenly, the rent is due again. Right, like, right.
0: Before you know it. It's yeah. the first of the month again. And you're like, wait, um, I just did I this. I just
1: paid this. <laughs> right? Like, I, I literally just paid yeah. rent. And sure, I'm living in downtown Vancouver. And, you know, that's what I've signed yeah. up for. Yes, I like I, yeah. I could make different compromises or I could do things differently where I could save more money. But again, I just didn't realize how much of a struggle it would be just... To make the budget balance. Yeah. Where it's right. like, and when I'm not budgeting the balance, it's almost like I'm escaping from that work. So I'm watching Netflix. Or I'm, right. Or I'm going out with my friends or I'm enjoying, but it's like, I need to be working. Yeah. I need to be hustling. I need to be immersed in my passion, yeah. but I'm finding convenient excuses not to be. Right. Um, so it's that like, you really have to push through, which, I, which is something I'm currently dealing totally. with. Totally.
0: And like, yeah, it's like almost like now it's like it costs to be... Yeah. You know, as you just said, like uh, creative. It costs to be, um, to kind of put your, your work out there it's, and exist in a city of, uh, again, of this energy and caliber, or yeah. not, you know, now it, it just costs that much more, um, both financially and, and mentally as well. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot on, on anybody and anybody that you talk to will tell you that, you know, yeah. <laughs> it is across the board, <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> but no, it's, um there's a lot of wonderful things about it. So I understand it's just a balancing act to say the least, but whoo, I loved it. I loved it. We are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to continue this amazing convo. So we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with Goggin. Hey. Um, hey. So, um, we were kind of touching on this prior, uh, but I was wondering, a, a conversation that we've had in the past yeah. um, has just been in regards to you know social media and the impact it has now on uh, literally our day-to-day. It's how we exist. It's how we connect. It's how we um, engage with one another. There's... Activism that happens on the internet now. Um, there's good and there's bad that come out of it, obviously. But yeah. it made me think, and I wanted to ask you this in regards to your writing. Um, pr- like, you were just talking about how you have these readers and, you, you know, you use Instagram as a tool
1: yeah.
0: um, to, to get your content out there. What did you use prior to social media as a whole um, to get your writing out there?
1: In general, I, for a long period of time... I did not share my writing. Oh, okay. And then I think that's actually pretty common among creators um artists or writers in general is we're so caught up in like honing our craft. So mm. like I said, it's so solitary where you're in a bathrobe and you're writing and you're constantly writing mm. and it's a part of your soul almost. Mm-hmm. So when you share it, you're like terrified cuz you're so vulnerable. Um, so I would only share it with like a cousin,
0: Right. You
1: know, a few cousins and I'd be like, okay, hey, what do you think? And then I'd get there and then I'd constantly be asking, okay, are you just saying that because you're being nice to me?
0: Right, right. Like,
1: no, just tell me what you really think. Um, so for the longest time, that was how my writing circulated. It was either English papers in university.
0: Yeah. Which, which was, was super boring. Which graded as, as yeah, well. <laughs> And
1: not creative at all. Yeah. Or it was, like, these stories that I write and share with, like, a few trusted people but would never go anywhere. Yeah. Um, But almost as, like, this twist of fate, I got this marketing job.
2: Mm.
1: And it's so funny how my whole perspective on the whole thing has changed. Um, Because marketing, at least... So the work that I do is all about, okay, how are you communicating? But also, how are you putting your work out there? Mm -hmm. Because, to be honest writing in a dark room, no one's gonna read your stuff. It's not even before their eyes. Do you right, know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's
0: it's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, you're just you're writing to yourself and you're just obsessing over it and you have no idea if it's good or bad, but you spent so long perfecting it. Right. That you're just obsessed with it now. So after I learned everything that I've done for marketing for my job, mm. um, I realized Okay, no, I actually want to know what people think. It's terrifying. But I almost want it to be this relationship between me and the reader. And I want feedback. And I mm-hmm. want to present it out there and see what the world thinks. And it doesn't have to be perfect. In mm-hmm. fact, my stories are far from perfect. There are so many things I've rewritten. so many things I'm like, oh my god, did I write that? That was disgusting. Um, but I think the ability to put yourself out there when you're not perfect is so key. Yeah. Because there is never this perfect moment. Um, and I think it's a lot more authentic that way. So yeah. marketing taught me that, okay, let's just engage with people. And that's why I talked about, okay, I have this list of readers. And really, it was just emailing my friends and family saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be sending some stuff out. Do you want to hear about it? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just got their email address. And then every time I did something new, I would just send it out and then wait for the reaction. But it was this repeatedly putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of before social media or kind of amidst it. But then Instagram almost, I mean, it's changed the world for so many artists. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just made everything so much more democratic. Like, you're not putting your livelihood in the hands of a few publishers. Mm-hmm. You're not putting it amongst, like, snobby gallery owners who are like, you know, we're going to get this one or this one. And just basically, no, you actually have, there's no middlemen. It's yeah. this. this direct access to your your readers, your public or whatever. And you're just putting it out there and you get instant feedback. Yeah. So to me, that's been the great positive social media is that you can put your work out there and you can cultivate an audience and you have people that are receptive for it. It doesn't matter um, who you are. It doesn't matter where you're born. It doesn't matter about your privilege. It's it's just an opportunity to speak. Yeah. I think, and it's not opportunity to connect with people that you haven't connected with there's almost this community because um, I follow a lot of Indian artists and a lot of Indian writers where it's like I know what's who's coming up and who has these followers, and you kind of support each other mm. um so it's been great that way in terms of putting stuff out there but then it's also been really interesting because I've never really been one of those people that Like, even now, I'm so bad at Instagram stories. Like, you'll never, rarely see an Instagram story on my thing. Um, It's so funny because I met up with a friend recently, and she's like, oh, you've been, like, your life has been so exciting. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? How do you know? And she's like, oh, through, like, Victor's story.
0: Right, right. Or other
1: friend Victor's, like, I've just seen, like, you've been doing so many things. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I don't, I don't spend time Instagram storing. Yeah. Um, I've never been the type of person that takes pictures of our food or anything like that. It's just, um, but it's funny because now it's like, okay, I want to promote my writing, but I also, I kind of love composing a picture and like,
2: Mm. it's almost
1: like a different art form where I'm putting it out there. So I love it, but I also hate it at the same time because it's like, curating yourself because you know, especially if you're Indian, I don't know if if this resonates with anybody, but it's like, There's so many Indian Instagrammers, influences right now. It's like, okay, they're like in their ethnic wear. Their skin Mm. is dewy. Their skin, like any girl, like. It's like they have highlighter on. They're so precise. They're so pretty. And it's like, there's almost a certain look that you know will get you likes.
0: Right. It's like,
1: I don't. It's so easy to fall into that where it's like, okay, if I like post this certain type of picture or post this, it's like manufactured to spread your awareness
0: right
1: but it's almost you don't want to be inauthentic about it at the same Absolutely. time Absolutely, so to me instagram's been this challenge is one i don't know what i want to put out there necessarily yeah. so i'm i'm a confused person ollie um, <laughs> uh, but again it's i love it yeah i love it and even from a marketing standpoint i love it because it's like it's just you and your content,
0: yeah, I love what you' said about it eliminate eliminates the middle person, yeah that's exactly what it's doing because all of a sudden there's a gateway where everybody that is on Instagram admitted or not, everybody is selling themselves, yeah. right like everybody is they're a product of their own um, marketing, and that's yeah. essentially what they're doing and yes I know there's certain and there's certain accounts that will um, market specific things you know. The influencer um, culture that we're also yeah. engulfed in right now. Yeah. It's a huge thing. And Instagram has taken um, the middle person out of that. But there's travel Instagram accounts yeah. where people will post about, you know, going to hotels and stuff. And then hotels will give them free rooms so oh, yeah. they can post about them. Yeah. You know? Um
1: the makeup like, influencers. The makeup influencers. They get free That's makeup right. All the right. That's right.
0: Yeah. So you really are um, um, branding yourself or you, or your brand as well in the same yeah. breath, and it is it's it's a great 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 tool because I think so much so for so long that middle person um, needed to be cut out because that middle person was a little yeah. bit too diplomatic for my liking. You oh know?
2: yeah.
0: Um, and now it does give people the access to be as creative and reach as many people as. They possibly can. Yeah. And you're right. It does take, um, your, your privilege doesn't really matter. Your yeah. um, it, it, it's, it's just about how much work you're willing to put into yourself or yeah. your Instagram self, I guess yeah. I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. But no, I, I really do like that. Um,
1: it's y- funny because, because um, even if you look at Ruby Cor, because we've mentioned her before, yeah. it's like her Instagram or her poetry, which a lot of people resonate with, but then, aside from her poetry is usually her glammed up or like really wearing really nice outfits mm-hmm. with this kind of different scenery, or she's traveling the world, so she's like a different lifestyle right um so that resonates with people, where it's like um even some of the other people that I follow, it's like these beautiful Indian women who are just comfortable in their skin, but they're wearing these cool outfits, they're kind of doing these cool things. It's, like, even for me, my Instagram, I I like to be creative. I like to have a different perspective to it. But I'm also really aware that we have to be careful and that that's not the entirety of their lives. Yeah. It's, like, they're presenting. Like, even Core, it's, like, your life is not completely all like that. Like, you're selling a certain part of your life. So even me, I'm selling a certain part of my life. And I think a lot of people are starting, selling a certain part of life. But it's, like, what you don't see is, again, like... Me in my bathrobe, oh, chilling at sure, home. for sure. For sure. Or even me lonely or even me insecure. Totally. Or me just totally. struggling with and myself. And I understand that
0: that's not the point of Instagram. I, and I totally understand. I, yeah. I get that. But that is so true. It's like we need to understand that these are... I mean, we call them filters for God's sake.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: Like, yeah. There's a reason they're called filters. It's because we're literally filtering our lives yeah. to put what we want people to see. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and... Not to, you know, dog anybody out, but she would moved to a city, another city, and I was like, well, it looks like you're having a great time, and she's like, well, I only put the good stuff. Yeah. You know? And I was like, yeah. Isn't that the truth, right? Um, But yeah, it's, and, you know, there's, there's not to say that there's anything wrong with that, mind you, as well, right? Like, I think we, um...
1: I agree. Again, like, I'm all for Instagram, because yeah. it, it gives you access, but I think we just have to be aware of this other side, even, um... One of my cousins was saying she follows this um, girl on in Instagram, but she also does vlogs. So it's almost like a, a peek into her world. Mm. But what she does is she just chills. So she gets up. She gets all dolled up, mm. goes out, takes her Instagram photo, and then comes right back home.
2: Oh, and like God. takes
1: it all off. Do you know what I mean? And it's because her Instagram is a business. Right. Like it's, and she's treating it as business, which again, rightly so. You have that right. Right. And it's like yeah, it's more your power choice. to you, right? That's right. But again, it's like all these people that follow you might not just be aware that it's like, okay, this is what works for her, but she gets, she's not actually like, are you really living that life or are you just living for that photo? And
0: what's the end goal? Yeah. Yeah. Like what are we working towards here? Yeah. It's
1: just, it's very interesting in general. Yeah.
0: It's also funny. Instagram is still pretty new. Like it's within 10 years, is it not? 2008, 2000, yeah. Yeah. 2000, like that's, and it's literally how, like, it's shaping the way that our current, you know, climate is just operating. Yeah. And it's so new still, you know, and I, the internet isn't, um, I know the internet as a whole is still pretty new as well, like yeah. within 20 years or so, but or no, I'm aging myself at 30, it's has <laughs> um, But you know, like, it's just kind of crazy to think of that this thing that at the time I remember when it first came out the only people that had it were people with iPhones. Yeah. And I I don't know, like not everyone had iPhones at that time. I had a Blackberry, I remember when (laughs) (laughs) when it came out. So it's just interesting that it's so new, but now it's just this tool that we're all, um, you know, kind of using and it's pretty remarkable. I tell you. Yeah. But you know, social media as a whole, it's, it's its own beast. And, um, I know we were talking about this prior, but like, um, you know, the obviously the, the, the downfalls and the faults that it has, but there's obviously on the other side of it. Um, like anything in life, everything is a spectrum, so if something there's gotta be some good that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um but we were kind of touching this is um on the heels of um the Brett Kavanaugh case, right? Kind of what's yeah. happening in the United States right now. Um there's a this large outcry that's happening with you know, um I'm sure everyone knows about it, so I'm not even gonna break it down. Um, but what I wanted to get was, I guess, kind of like let's just chat about this this um, perception of, um, you know, believability and and th- this 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 outcry of that it's coming from women and yeah. allies of women and. Um, the frustration and the anger that's you know that's really coming out of that um, I, I don't mean to, I mean this is a big question to ask or even to, a discussion to even have and yeah. this specific case there's so many different cases um, similar to this that are happening in our own backyards mm-hmm. um, this is just one that's obviously been taking in the news by storm. but you know one thing that's a, a hashtag that's existing right now is believe women and you know what, what what's what's your take on that? Like, do you think as a society, we're are we working towards it? Are we getting closer, or are we is there still a long way to go?
1: I think there's definitely a long way to go, but I know we're touching on social media. So just the power of hashtags. Yeah. So I can speak to myself where it's like, yesterday I was like obsessed with this case yeah. where I I watched parts of the the Senate live hearing just to see him defend himself. I mm-hmm. wanted to see um, Dr. Ford speak. Um, again, just as a general summary, this is a U.S. Senate mm-hmm. um, where they're trying to um, vote to make him go on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was kind of on board except late in the game, there came allegations from Dr. Ford that um, he had sexually assaulted her, so he held her down, um, groped her, uh, a long time ago when they're, uh, I think in college or Mm -hmm. university. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's coming forward and she's not coming forward to press any criminal charges. She's coming forward because she's saying I have a responsibility because this guy is going to be appointed to the highest order Mm -hmm. of the court. So I have a responsibility just to communicate that I don't think he's fit for that because of his past. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then, It's really kind of demoted to a he said, she said. Um, But what Trump tweeted, um, I don't have his exact tweet, but he said something along the lines of, this was so long ago, you know, I want to see the case files. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was as bad as she said it was, she would have reported it to someone. Mm -hmm. So show me the case files. Show me that that's the proof it's looking for and so what that really spurred was a lot of hashtags why I didn't report it mm-hmm. and to me it's like over the days even today like in my feed um I've even searched why I didn't report it because it's like the issue just resonates with me yeah. so much and it's just when you go through these these people that are using this hashtag
2: mm-hmm. and <clears throat>
1: saying why they didn't report their own sexual heart uh assault it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah,
0: for sure. So
1: it shows you how far we've come in terms of they're getting this platform to communicate this. And yeah. it's like, people, they just didn't listen before. Yeah. Where it's like, and I was saying before, and I was saying to all of you, it's like, speak to five women in your life.
2: Mm.
1: It doesn't even have to be like, just five. Mm. Like literally just five and just listen to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and see what they're saying. See what... They've dealt with and just... And I can be honest with you. It's like, you're going to find someone who's an assault Mm -hmm. victim. You're going to find someone who has been sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. It is that common. Mm
2: -hmm. It
1: is that common. So these hashtags that are being spread around, it's like... They just give voice to what women already know.
0: Right, That we're out
1: there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just people... People just don't think. They don't ask, and it's not a topic that's brought up. But it's like we know yeah. that there's so many of us out there that have gone through something like this or gone through anything like this, and there's so many reasons why you didn't report it. Um,
0: right, and it's what I love too is the, uh, the the fact that, as you said, this hashtag now this hashtag brings a community together and a place and a haven where these people. Um, can almost be inspired by
1: one another. Um,
0: it's, it's
1: almost healing, to it's, be honest.
0: Absolutely. It to ha- read
1: it, and you might not have known at the time that you weren't alone, but you know now just reading off of people yeah. off the internet on your Instagram feed with the hashtag, I didn't. Re-, this is why I didn't report. Yeah. Um, it's I a just, little bit yeah. healing.
0: I want to read a few because we yes. were talking about this, and I, I just found some really, you know, there was... I'm only going to read four or five, but I mean, to say there was literally thousands, literally thousands, and each of them are different in their own right, but they obviously all stem from the same um, t- uh, type of hurt and type yeah. of uh, frustration and, um, and almost borderline shame, you know, and that's what's really sad about this. But I just want to read a quick few that I found and uh, we'll kind of go from there. But uh, these are all under the hashtag... In response to Trump and what he'd said and um, saying, this is on the hashtag, why didn't report it. So here's one. I was 600 miles away from a support system and was told not to ruin a reputation. Another one says, because I didn't want to admit to myself that it even happened. Another one says, because I was a child, because I was ashamed, because I was scared, because I was threatened, because I was continued... Because I was convinced no one would believe me, because I wanted to pretend it never happened. Another one says, because he told me I wanted to get in. uh, Sorry, because he told me I would get in trouble. Because I thought that's just what happens when you drink too much. Another one, I said no repeatedly, begged him to stop. I tried to fight him off, but he was way bigger than me. He was my boyfriend at the time, and the next day slut shamed me at the football game. Everyone knew and thought I was a whore. And then another one says, um, "I'm not going to read that one because <laughs> I could go all day." Um, but it's obvious in just reading those, you know, four or five that um, there's a commonality here, and it's it's that yes, these these voices are now being heard and they're being put out there, and as you said, it's it's. It must be healing to some degree. Um, but there's also this congregation that's happening where these yeah. people are finding um, a haven to talk to one another and put it out to the world what's happening. And this congregation that's happening via online, what people need to understand, especially people of privilege, is that your congregation happens in your, in your day-to-day. Yeah. But these people have to kind of seek out the, the, the most traumatic parts of their lives in order just to 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 feel that to feel her to feel healed um there's so many layers to the story with Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh but like it's what's frustrating to me is having to to almost like um justify why she said anything i it's hard for me to swallow uh and understand how we're trying to justify his side honestly i i and that's just maybe my stance on um Life, um, but it's hard yeah. for me to try to understand like why we can't just stop and listen and uh, believe. Yeah. And furthermore, empathize.
1: It's funny because it's like I have no idea if he's guilty or innocent. So I don't, I don't know. But to me, it's a cause to pause and investigate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like I'm not gonna say yeah he did it he mm-hmm. did it because I. I think you should always take a look. You should hear, you should um,
0: The innocent until people. proven guilty, right. um, sure.
1: So I don't know if he did it or not, so I have no idea. But it's a cause to be investigated. I think whenever there's allegations like that, the question always comes up. And what really bothers me the most is that even in Trump's response or people's responses, you always think there's this idea of what a, wic- like a victim looks like. And it's like they have this idea that a victim is supposed to act like A, B, and C, and that's what that makes them credible. Like they're supposed to be traumatized, they're supposed to have reported it, they're supposed to be acting in a certain way. Um, but I think what what inspires me or what makes these hashtags really effective is that there's so many faces of victimhood. Mm. Where it's like, you just don't know. When you, when you, when something like that happens to you, sometimes you just go quiet. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You
0: just. People grieve in different ways. You
1: go quiet. Um, you don't know how to handle it. Um, it's this pain that you shove deep inside. Mm-hmm. And, but then people think you're, and then you, you shove it away so much that, okay, you're just going to ignore it. And then you go on with your life and you're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you pretend everything's okay. And then people say, oh, she's okay. Mm. Right? She's laughing. I saw her laughing at the party last night. right? Right? Like, she's not a sexual assault victim. Right? Right? She's just... She's okay. She's been living her life for so many years. Right. But what a lot of people don't realize is that... When something this traumatic happens to you... It's like... Sometimes you take years and years to finally have the courage... To bring it out of hiding, inside you. And
0: furthermore, I would even I would even say the courage and um, the knowledge, yeah. right? Like sometimes it happens to, to people at such a young age, and you don't even have the language, yeah. to talk about it or yeah. to understand what's happening. And it, it, why aren't people given more time to process yeah. something so traumatic? And for you know Trump to say something like you know why didn't she report it at the time? Who's to say that she might have not had the language or the knowledge at the time?
1: 100%. That's why I think it's so problematic when these are the... This is the language that's being used when someone reports a sexual assault. It's not, okay, let's let's see. Let's hear what's going Mm -hmm. on. It's, well, why didn't you do this? Mm -hmm. Or, um, well, yeah, this happened, but we also don't want to ruin this young man's life.
2: Mm. We don't want to ruin
1: his life because he has this incredible possibility future out mm-hmm. for him. So it's like I don't think we should punish him for whatever uh a boys, boys will be boys. Oh, it's this God. it's this whole thing that comes about but it minimizes the trauma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it also minimizes the people that again they're not they're trying so hard not to be victims. Yeah. So it's like they're not carrying this victimhood on their sleeves. So they're like, oh, they're okay. Yeah. But it's like, no. And the language that they see on the news is saying, boys will be boys, locker mm-hmm. room talk,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or things like... It's normalized. Yeah, it's it's so normalized. Or, you know, okay, yeah, we're going to convict this guy a sexual assault because they literally can't get out of it, just like Brock Turner. Yeah. You know, there is two live bit- witnesses, but we're going to give them some, you know... Maybe six months? Yeah. And then and then we're all good. We're all yeah. squared up because we don't want to ruin his life. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and we want the public reception to be like, oh, we, we did punish him. We did. Yeah. yeah. See, we did. We did something. But really, it's like, how is that enough?
1: Yeah, and so that's why I think, I think as a woman, or even as a man, because there's so many sexual assault Absolutely. victims yeah. that are men, when they see the news, or they see, okay, this is how, as a community, we're dealing with this. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't report either. Yeah, Right? Like, that's just... That's just what happens. Yeah.
0: And it's really... I think as soon as the the media shifts how we talk about it, and we as people... Okay, let me say this. As soon as we shift how we talk about it, the media will shift how they report about it. Yeah. I think that's really vital here. But obviously, clearly, as a whole, we're not... We're still working at it. And um, I don't know. Like, I even think about... I talked about this with my episode last week with Justin, but uh, the Les Munves case, and there's 12 women that uh, are accusing him of um, sexual misconduct. And to yeah. me, I mean, just objectively looking at the situation, I'm like, there's a clear pattern here. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up, you know? Like, like, and, and people don't... It's narcissistic to think six people, 12 people would come together just to ruin one man's life. You know, like yeah. that—that's—that's that's, that's just narcissism. At the, like, that's crazy, like, and no one would put them themselves through that, just to,
1: I don't know. It's yeah,
0: frustrating. It's, <laughs> it's just so frustrating.
1: No, totally. And I think Doctor Ford, so the accuser, um, or the victim, I guess, in this Kavanaugh case, she said her life is is ruined. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's not like. She suddenly gets a lot of money, or mm-hmm. she gets a lot of fame. She is being scrutinized. She's being torn yep. apart by the media. Well, She's not yep. safe. She's received death threats. Yep. Like no one would voluntarily put themselves in that position exactly. for what?
0: Ex- for do you what what I mean what?
1: like it's actually not fun to yeah. be to be that person at all?
0: And that's why I'm saying it's narcissist narcissism to think that she would do all that just because she doesn't like Republicans. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah.
1: Like, it's crazy. get
0: over yourselves, people. That's yeah. not what's happening here. Oh, it's so 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 wild, but um, I really want st- to. I, w- I want to feel like we're getting to a place where um you know as I said we're 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 believing victims and we're we're listening and we're hearing and coming from a place of understanding and empathy f- first and foremost you know and uh, God if that's the starting point and we can build off of that amazing
1: I love it because yeah. even like I said the Me Too movement mm-hmm. why I didn't record it it's like these movements at least bring the issues to the forefront. That's right. So it's like, all these people in power are forced to react to them. hmm And it's like, it brings their ugliness out.
0: hmm It
1: brings their problematic beliefs out. Well, before, it would have just gone... Yeah. It's gone hidden. And to be honest, it brings so many problematic beliefs out just in general when we're talking about it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um Like I mentioned this earlier where, you know, sure, I think we can... A lot of us can be comfortable in saying, you know, I'm not friends. I don't know anybody who'd ever rape a person or mm-hmm. sexually assault a person. But there are so many other infringements. There's so many. There's so much else that contributes to the culture mm.
0: where it's like speak on it. Okay,
1: so yeah, we can be comfortable that we don't know anybody who's held a woman or man down and assaulted them. But can we be comfortable about the other things? Where, um, so the one example that I gave when I was talking to you earlier was, you know, there's this, there's this weird, bizarre thing where it's, like, everybody, everybody knows when a girl's neeks, or a girl's nudes have been leaked. Mm. So, um, like, back home, they will be, like, so-and-so, so in Calgary, so-and-so's uh, nudes have been leaked. Have you heard? Have you heard? And it spreads, like, wildfire. But then you're, like, okay, how did you know? It's, well, um... This guy that I'm, this guy, this guy friend, well, he got it in a group chat. So mm. this other person forwarded it to a group chat and now a bunch of guys are, <laughs> had the nudes. So it's, it's not even like gossip where it's like, oh, this girl's nudes have leaked. No, it actually, yeah. the nudes <clears throat> actually transfer group to yeah. group where it's like, in, the, in this specific example, yeah. it's like a friend's, um, husband had found out that, or a friend found out, because her husband, in their group chat of guys, yeah. in this case it's guys, so I'll speak to that, Yeah. Um, they were sent it in their WhatsApp chat, oh. was this person's nudes, and it's like, what I was saying is, yeah, we don't know someone who's raped a girl or assaulted a girl, but no one in that group chat thought it was problematic that this girl's body... Is being shared. No mm. one said. No one spoke up and said, "Hey guys, like this is wrong,
0: right? right? Like this
1: is this is another human being. You know, we shouldn't be sharing this. This shouldn't be something that's shared." Right. Um. No one spoke up in this specific instance. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, in so many instances. So many. And sure, again, I repeat the same thing. We don't know someone who's raped someone, but we know someone who's involved in something like that. Yeah. And that all contributes to. This misogynistic culture that we have. Being
0: a bystander, you're as, as much a, a part of the problem. Yeah. By being a bystander. You're
1: creating a safe space for people.
0: Talk about that it. That
1: does not exist. Speak that on should it. not exist.
0: Speak on it. That's that's just that's just. Like it. why
1: are you creating a safe space yeah. where people are? You know, maybe it'll be one gross, really creepy guy. Yeah. Who's saying, "Hey, girl, like, hey, look at this." Yeah. But you're giving him permission to do that. Yeah. So until we're comfortable. Until we're teaching everybody that, you know, hey, this is wrong. This is not appropriate. I think that just, it just manifests into these cases, which then tend to be, oh, now we know someone who's like...
0: Exactly. Exactly. Done worse. Exactly. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? And it's almost, you you beg the question of, you know, when does it end and when does it stop? And it's... I don't know. I, I yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating, you know. It is. It is. It's incredibly frustrating. But you're, I I do want to just like really sit on that fact that being a bystander in this case specifically, but also in cases of um, you know uh, racist behavior, in yeah. cases of homophobic behavior, and like all of those things. Just because you're not taking part in it, doesn't mean. That you're not a part of the problem if you're not doing anything to yeah. stop it. And I think yeah. that's really important for, for, um, for us to know. If you're not using your privilege for the good, yeah. then, you know, what's the point? <laughs> you know? You, yeah, you got to use that privilege, but... I don't know. I love these conversations that we have. I really, really I do. do. And I, you know, I'm so glad that we I did get really this. angsty. I know, again. me too. It's so <laughs> exciting. It's so exciting. But we're going to take another quick break. And when we get back, we are going into 21 questions. Okay. So you prepare yourself. I'm not ready. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Goggin. Yeah. Yes. Are you ready for 21
1: questions? I feel like I'm prepared, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no one ever is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to break down the rules for you. I'm sure. going to ask you 21 questions. Okay. Um, you are only allowed to pass on one of them, and you are only allowed to ask me one of the questions in return.
1: So pass on one. Pass
0: on one. And only allowed to ask me one that you want to know the answer for me to in return.
1: Pre-question. It's that... inspired by 50 cents. 21 questions.
0: Girl, you seem to love me now. Do you want to love me if I was down and out? But you still have love for me. Girl. What a bob. Yeah, right? I totally forgot about that song.
1: Okay, I just assumed.
0: Oh my god, I totally forgot about that song.
1: I just assumed you were channeling 50 Cent. Not
0: even. Okay. But now...
1: You should. That
0: needs to be my jingle... I think so. ...leading into 21 Questions.
1: Change your ringtone immediately. Whoa,
0: I've been looking for a jingle, 50 Cent. I might have to call him. Uh -uh. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Wow.
1: That was just a pre-question. It didn't count as my actual question. No, I think it did. (laughs) I feel like it's a general comment, if anything else. (laughs) Okay, shoot, All right, you ready?
0: You're in the hot seat. You ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: Let's go. Question number one. Where is a place you've yet to visit that you wish to? Uh,
1: Chiang Mai. in Thailand?
0: Yeah. Ooh, I
1: Do I elaborate on that, or is Um, that just it?
0: Please.
1: (laughs) Um, it's It's just a lot of... it's a common place that a lot of people that work remotely go to. Okay. So I feel like there could be a potential for collaboration in terms of business ideas, creative ideas. Amazing. So um and plus you can quite easily like have your own pool.
0: Ooh. So I feel like that's a life goal
1: that I could that I could sign off on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm with you there. Tell me when you go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Number two, a bit of a follow-up question. What's the most interesting place you've ever been to? Mm,
1: That's interesting. The most interesting place. I feel like I have different spots. But geographically, I really (laughs) liked um, Chile and Bolivia. And I say both because you're in the desert and then you cross the desert and then suddenly you're on an spot field oh no a salt field so it's like you're in this desert you see this kind of canyon of salt and then you you're on this truck and then you go forward and then all you see is white because it's a salt Mm. field oh cool i thought that was really interesting love that yeah
0: amazing question number three what is something that you wish you knew more about
1: Mm. i wish i knew more about marketing okay which is weird (laughs) yeah. <laughs> but you said earlier learn. that
0: you're always wanting to grow and learn so yeah that's a very fitting answer
1: yeah it's i want to be really good at my job mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm doing a job but i wish i had i just kind of level up my knowledge got it and be better got it so i'm trying to find ways to do that
0: love that's a really good answer i really yeah. love that um that's awesome I've never heard that, so I kind of want to take feel like
1: people just say normal things. Yeah, no, no, no. I, no, I, I just say, it's... <laughs> I want to be good at my job, and that's Totally.
0: Weird. But to say, I wish I knew more about what I'm currently doing, I think that's huge. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think people think to go there, and I kind of love that. I love that. No, I'm, good at I'm a nerd. <laughs> Question number four. Yeah. Given the choice of anyone in the world, mm-hmm. who would you want as a dinner guest?
1: My mom. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm not saying that in a corny way, but she's always been the biggest inspiration mm. to me growing up because she has gone through so much mm. in her life. Um, and she's done it with a smile mm. that she is just inspiration that she still has kindness in her heart, even though she's suffered so mm. much, um, to give some background is, She's been sick for a really long time, mm-hmm. so she was sick for over ten years. Mm. And I've seen her go through ups and downs, where it's like she, we've been in hospitals before, mm. and it's just a few years ago where she got a kidney transplant. Mm. But she is the bravest, oh. kindest woman that I know. Oh my god! She is. She's literally my heart.
0: I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I miss
1: her, which is why I should visit home yes. more often.
0: Yes, yes. We need but to yeah. make time to do that. Yeah, we need to make time to visit home more often. I love that. Good answer. Thanks. Um, follow up question to that: What is your specialty in the kitchen?
1: Ooh. Um. What is my specialty? I feel like experiments are my specialty. <laughs> um, I say that because I people that I've had in my cooking, they're like, you put the weirdest ingredients together, and yeah. it somehow turns out to be a meal. But really, that's because I was so poor when I was in university. Right, right. So I was living on my... Not living on my own, but I was living with roommates. I was in Toronto. I was so poor that I would just look at my fridge and be like, okay, (laughs) I have mayo. I have, like, a carrot. I have this old tomato from Chinatown. Yeah. And then I have, like just the most random run, like maybe nacho chips or yeah. something. I'm like, okay, how do I assemble this?
0: What can I do with what this? What can I
1: do? What can I make where I'm like kind of eating like a, a decent meal? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that love of experimenting with random, random flavors yeah. has carried me through.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Oh, an experiment in the kitchen. Always. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, Next question. Yeah. What is a... Sorry. What's a given deal breaker for you on a first date?
1: Mm. On a first date, what would annoy and piss me off?
0: Deal breaker. You are getting up and leaving the table.
1: Honestly, just being problematic.
0: Fair enough. I know, I
1: just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of examples, but... To be honest, I haven't like ever really gotten up and be like, Okay, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Um But yeah, someone that just was not <clears throat> empathetic with other people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so if we're talking about a situation they're like, Oh, whatever, they deserve it or whatever, yeah. it's like they're not able to put themselves in someone else's shoes, I would definitely consider that a deal breaker.
0: Good answer, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's interesting, as you said, like you've never been in a situation where you've, you know, gotten up and left. And I don't think... I shouldn't speak on behalf of people, but a lot of us haven't because now we have this opportunity to pre-screen
1: dates, right? Like now we're
0: pre-screening with uh, the social... True. Not the social media, the the apps that we're using now to kind of navigate dating. So uh, usually leading up to the date, you kind of have an idea of who they're meeting. Also, Uh, I
1: think it's like... I'm still trying to working on ways to be rude. <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, yeah. sometimes I, I'm i not too polite, but it's like, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Accommodating. And so like, yes, yes.
0: Yes. Accommodating their feelings and compromising yours in the same breath. And it's yeah. to
1: be... So, New Year's resolution, be more rude.
0: Like it? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like that. <laughs> Uh, the next question. Yes. Do you usually stay friends with your exes?
1: <laughs> there's like none of them because I don't date. My <laughs> Am I friends with the liaisons that I've had in my yeah, life? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, mostly, okay. No, actually. Okay. I was going to say yes, but no. Um, there re- there's a reason that we didn't work out yeah and yeah I think every boy that I've been with Mm -hmm. I just I didn't I didn't feel like me with them yeah so it's there's a reason it. there's a reason that I wasn't convinced to stay or convinced to try it's just like so I sounds horrible but it's like I don't want to waste time amen and there's only a few relationships where I'm like Mostly my friends where it's like, okay, this is who I want to spend talking to. This mm-hmm. is who I want to spend texting to. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But I <laughs> I'm so, I work and I try to write yep. and that's my goals. And it's like, okay, who do I want to text when I have this free 10 minutes? Yeah. And it is not this random boy that did not work out for me.
0: Speak on it. Yeah.
1: And I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to text to be polite.
0: Amen. No. Like I'm
1: not, I don't want to. hold up the charade of a relationship just because we're being polite and like slightly curious as to what they're doing (laughs) and better things to do with my life.
0: Yes, well said. Well said. I love that. Good one. Uh, The next question. Uh, Who is somebody that you have yet to see live that you would want to?
1: Ooh. That's tough because I'm really bad with music. Okay, like, it's so funny, cause, like, all of my friends are yeah, yeah. like, have you heard this new single, yeah. this new record? And I'm just in the background, I'm like, I've heard none of it.
0: Yeah. I'm like, listening I'm, to it for the first time, right now. Yeah, like, I'm listening to it
1: because you've played it in the car. Yeah. So, I'm actually, it's weird because I'm not a music person until I listen to music, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, this is why I love it, so. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it makes you feel. Like, good music mm. makes you feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, who do I want to see live? That's a, that's a tough question. Um. Mm. I don't know. I know. Again, as an angsty kind of high schooler, yeah. I used to listen to a lot of Death Cab for Cutie. Oh yeah. So maybe I'd want to hear them only to be like nostalgic.
0: No, got it. That's good. Yeah. Great. Um, there is a song of theirs that I can't think of right now, but it is really good. I can't remember yeah.
1: what it is. But I was yeah. so angsty. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a mustache, and I was angsty yeah. as a teenager had <laughs> a mustached, angsty childhood!
0: Oh, I love it. Get it?
1: Yeah.
0: That's the best.
1: I wasn't um, allowed to thread my mustache. Been yeah. about for a while until I demanded that privilege. Wow! Yeah. Hey. Brown girl problems, right
0: there. Hey. Okay. And yeah. Now you know. Now, no, really, now that's you know. like that's so fascinating. That like that that I mean, obviously, like you're speaking on your experience, but yeah. that is that's the truth, right? Like that's. Yeah. Wow. Amazing, Yeah. Amazing. Um, Next question. What's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Mm. So I don't know if this is the best advice, but this is the first one that came into my head. Okay. Um, so I've always... Like, I've always been in Calgary, and that's where I grew up, and that's, you know, in a normal Indian household. And the first time I ever kind of ventured outside was actually for university and that's okay. where I was the first person in my family to say okay you know I don't want to go to university in the same city and I think selfishly it was just because I'd watched a lot of sex in the city yeah. <laughs> and I it just glamorized like living on your own yeah. and I knew I could never live on my own in the same city as my parents yeah like that's just a no-no it's yeah. taboo it's, it would never happen so I was like I want to be like this fabulous person living in the city, like. Being on my own. Um, so that's when I went to Toronto.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, you're saying, no you were
0: saying you were saying you That's when you you went to Toronto because um, it was glamor like Sex in the City glamorized. Yeah. It, kind of Toronto like the New York of.
1: I just Canada. forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I got lost in my story. Um,
0: what was the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Okay, yeah, sorry. Going back to that. Um, so, before I made this dramatic, drastic move where I was going to a completely new city where I didn't know anybody, didn't know any friends, it was terrifying. Yeah. I was so scared. And I remember I was sitting in Tim Hortons with a friend. In Toronto? No, in Calgary. Oh, in Calgary. So, okay. beforehand. And I was just like, I don't know, like, should I do this? Am I being crazy? Like, so much more money. I don't know anybody there. It's crazy. And I remember her saying, um, my friend saying, what's stopping you from coming back home? And it was just like, what is stopping you? Like, you always have home to come back to.
2: You
1: always, like, whatever happens, it's not like, it's not like this thing is permanent. You can always, like, home, you can always come home. So I've kind of ran with that where it's like anything I've ever done, it's like, like I've always been nervous. When I yeah. traveled alone last year, I was hella scared. I called everybody I knew and I yeah. like, needed constant reassurance. They were probably super annoyed. But I was so scared at the beginning and it's like, I always come back to that advice whenever you're trying something new. What is stopping you from coming back to whatever yeah. your home is? Like you can go try out this new thing. You're free to try it out. And if it doesn't work... Yeah, you still have this home to come back to. Yeah. these are these people that will support you, and it's okay to fail, but go try.
2: Yeah, I love like, that. Like if you don't
1: try, then what's the point of I things? I love that. So that's that was a that was one of like a good one. Yeah, or oh, you can with take
0: me. that really that you can take that forever. Yeah, with you because your home will always be there. I love that. Yeah, it's huge. Oh, good one. <laughs> I'm taking all these with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next question: What's your favorite movie of all time?
1: Weirdly, The Matrix just came to my head. Really? Um, I, don't, I don't think that's true. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I mean, I'm weird in that, like, I really like action movies. Okay. They excite me. Okay. It was funny, because I went to Fifty Shades of Grey with my coworkers, because they're obsessed with yeah. that movie. Um, and I, like, looked over to my coworker, and she's this amazing, amazing person, and I was like... I'm not turned on at all. <laughs> I was just like, watching John Wick, like, so if anybody's ever seen John Wick, like, shoot up a whole bunch of people in, like, a perfect action sequence actually, like, made me hornier, Funny. turned me on more than anything this movie is doing right now.
0: Funny! Yeah, so.
1: Oh, that's I'm
0: just hilarious. gonna stick with my original answer in St. Matrix. Good one. It yeah. came through your head for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not weird at all.
0: Love it. That's so good. Um, the next question What would you call the current chapter of your life?
2: Mm.
1: I don't know again. Like, I don't know why <laughs> yeah. the reckoning like, came into my mind. I have no idea.
0: I always like to say with this 21 Catcher segment, the first thing that comes to your mind is probably the most authentic answer.
1: It's weird because it's like the reckoning and the beginning. Oh. But I have no idea what that means. I have no idea. But to explain what I want this chapter of my life to be is, I want it to be hustle. Okay. Last year for me was about new, new, new. Yeah. And Vancouver's been obviously new. Yep. Yeah. But I want to put the work into it. And that's what this year means to me. I love that. So I don't know what that means in yeah. words reckoning or beginning, but whatever. <laughs>
0: it means something.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um next question. What language or languages do you wish you could speak? Spanish. Ah. Yeah. Nice.
1: Um yeah, it's super sexy. Nice. And I wish I had learned it when I traveled, but I did not at all because I was lazy.
0: Oh, in caliente.
1: I just couldn't. I only knew cerveza it was mm. just beer. Beer.
0: Yep, That's the core. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. What is the most memorable, yeah, that memorable class you've ever taken?
1: Mm. Interesting. Memorable class. I'm trying to think. Okay, again, I don't know if this is the most memorable, but again, it's the one that comes into my mind. Yeah. Um, It's this art class that I took in the summer, and we were all asked to do these projects. So everybody kind of brought something different to the table. Um, But I remember, so with art class, you show your work, and then pretty much the whole class goes project to project and critiques it.
0: Good God. Oh yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, so it's not this thing where we all sit in a circle and braid each other's hair yeah, and yeah. says, oh, art is wonderful. It's so yeah. No, it's like <laughs> cheeked. Um, and it's funny because it was... We're at this painting and it was just wonderful painting where it's like so realistic and it was like painted of like this person. Mm. And the professor's like, oh, what's your intention? To the artist, she's like, and she was flustered because she didn't know how to defend it. Because on a technical standpoint, the painting was amazing. Oh. Like she had the shadows correct. She had um, the colors were correct. But he was asking, like, what are you trying? Not meaning, but it's like, what is your intention? Right. And it's like she couldn't really come up with anything beyond. You know, I think she tried to make up this whole story. Right, What it was, but it was so interesting to me because it, I think that statement resonates with everything I do, even from a marketing standpoint, um, that yes, you can create this thing, but it's like, how is it going to be interpreted in the world? Mm. Like.
0: So that was the point of asking the question of what's your intention in in terms of like. Yeah. Almost like, what's the end goal? Like what's. Yeah. Like what what are you trying to do here? Right?
1: Because to me, it's like, when you stand in front of a painting, you shouldn't need some artist statement to explain what it means. Absolutely. When you stand in front of a piece, it should, within the structure of itself, communicate or make you feel a certain got way. Got it. Got it. It's like, the purpose is, unless your purpose is to create pretty technical things. Mm-hmm. If that's it, that's it. But yeah. don't ascribe meaning to something that doesn't communicate it. Yeah. So you can stand and say, well, this represents my grief, blah, blah, blah. But if a person, that's a viewer, standing in front of that piece doesn't resonate with it, that's like a personal journal. Like, it's not, mm. like the art piece has this, an effective art piece communicates those feelings without needing anybody to say
0: mm. it or write
1: this offside. So, like, again, in my day job, that's what I do. It's like. Love. The words communicate meaning there shouldn't need to be this person on the side saying, oh, well, actually, no, this is what we're trying, we're tending to say. No. Your work has, in itself, has to communicate the meaning. You Got should never it. have to say, well, this is what I intended. It doesn't yeah. matter. You
0: shouldn't have to translate.
1: Yeah. There's yeah. no, tra- exact. That's a yeah. great way to put it. Yeah.
0: Love that. That's so, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, next question. What's your favorite breakfast food?
1: Mmm. Everything. Um, <laughs> what do I love to eat? Pancakes, omelets,
2: mm, fruit. Mm.
1: Um, I love savory. Okay. General, savory the, over sweet. With a touch sprint. of sweet.
2: Mm. Yeah. French so, toast then?
1: Yeah, it's French okay. toast. It's pretty good. I okay. mean, too lazy to make it, but... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: to be honest, I usually have vector cereal with almond milk.
0: Yep, that'll do it.
1: So, mostly because it's the most convenient. Yeah. And I can like quickly shovel it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Got it. Um, so, the next few are a little bit more Spitfire ones. Oh. So, one or the other. Damn. Um, first off, we got Beyonce or Rihanna. Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Brittany or Christina. Christina. Okay. Nicki Minaj or Cardi B?
1: Nicki.
0: Okay. Some
1: sympathy.
0: <laughs> uh, Ricky Martin or Enrique Iglesias?
1: It's a tough one. Enrique.
0: Enrique. Wine or beer? Wine. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Mm. And then the last question... Ready? Yeah. Drum roll, please. Do you believe love is a feeling or a choice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you tricked me with I those I did trick you, I know. Questions. I have to
0: really jump it up to this one. Do you believe love is a feeling or a choice?
1: Feeling or a choice. I think one progresses to the other. So I'd say feeling starts. First mm. progresses to choice um, sorry because I don't even know if I've ever been in love mm. to be honest okay um, but I know I know I grow to love people, but it always mm. starts with an initial feeling and it's and that feeling is usually this weird. Base that we go into and this is true for relationships and friendships mm-hmm. where it's like there's this weird synergy like sin syner- sin energy yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah this energy and we're on this like different plane where when we're talking it's almost like electric yeah it's like oh this person is getting me yeah yeah
0: yeah and yeah this yeah, person
1: yeah. is speaking and I'm there and I'm yeah. speaking and this person is there and it's this
0: don't have to explain it. energy yeah. and it's like,
1: you're excited. Yeah. And when you meet... And to be honest, if I'm being really, really honest, this is what I felt when I met you. Oh! Yeah, like, <laughs> so I'm not saying that. And it, is, it is true. And it's like, it was this weird, it was this weird energy when yeah. I met you. Where It's like, you were talking and I'm there and I was talking and you were there.
0: Ah, it's so true.
1: And... It's like, that is what I look for.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because
1: it's just, yeah, you're just in your own world and you can talk for hours and hours and hours. And it's just this weird connection that you get with someone. And then to me, that just grows over time as you learn their past, you learn their struggles, you learn their challenges, you learn what breakfast food they like. Yeah. Yeah. it's, 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 It's... It's something that grows and then I think if you ever get married or whatever, um, I think it's a choice because you have to choose to be committed. And again, like, I don't know, like, I have no idea about monogamy or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But there's going to come a time where you're with this person and it's like, it's frustrating um, or something's come up where it's Mm -hmm. a challenge you're dealing with. It's a choice.
0: Mm -hmm. So what
1: I've learned is that love is so much more than feeling. It's a choice to sacrifice.
0: Love that. Yeah. You put that perfectly. Yeah. Like like what, yeah. What more can you say? I mean, that's, that's exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I was, um, yeah, particularly excited to ask you that question. That's just a question that I've been thinking about for quite some time now. Hmm. Um, I'd read an article surrounding that question and it made me just think about it and kind of challenge myself. And when I was prepping for this episode, I was like, I need to ask God this. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to see it coming, but yeah. I need to ask her this. <laughs> it's
1: it a little bit of a surprise. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that wraps up our 21 questions. Yay. Um, of those questions, was there one you wanted to swing back my way
1: um obviously the last one as as revenge
0: that is good revenge
1: but also because i'm curious yeah
0: yeah um okay i actually not i love your answer so much um that as soon as you were saying your answer it kind of shifted what i thought my answer was initial but prior to this conversation um so i'm gonna give you my initial sure my initial was it's a choice. And the reason I say that is because I think um, all of the things that kind of happen when you first meet somebody, um, when it comes to falling in love with them, as you said, whether it's relationships or friendships, um, I think you have to make a conscious choice to be in the headspace of even wanting it. Mm. Um, and maybe that's just my own personal situation with it. But I know for yeah. me, when it's come to relationships specifically, if I'm not in the head game of even wanting to be in, I just, I I... I can't even, those emotions don't even f- filter in yeah. to my world. Yeah. Um, I say it's a choice because it is ongoing and you have to consistently and constantly make the choice to be there for people, to be there for your partner, to be there for your friends. Um, as you said, that it gets frustrating and these people yeah. can push you over the edge. Oh, yeah. But you have to make that that. That choice to uh, to stay, you know, and yeah. you know, be by be by somebody's bedside when they get sick, or mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, bring them s- soup if they have a sore throat, whatever it yeah. may be, you know, check in on a bad day, things like that. Those are choices that you make. Yeah. Um. That it, maybe it's a bit of like the, what came first, the chicken or the egg. Um. But in my mind, I think you you make the choice, and sometimes um, those choices that you make to fall in love create the feeling a little bit Hmm. um that has been my initial but hearing what you said about feeling um grows to choice I I get that yeah I totally get that because infatuation is one thing you know that desirability at the beginning of any relationship when you were both just excited and you know Passionate and whatever it may be. And then, if you both don't make that choice to stay invested in one another, it does fizzle out. And yeah. that happens, you know, more often than we like to admit. Yeah. Um, because p- two people didn't make the choice together, at least. Yeah. So, my conclusion is it's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, Goggin, thank you so much for being a part of this. I feel like we could have talked for hours on end. Yes. So I already... I always feel that. I already know. I already know. <laughs> I can't wait to have you back because there's so many more questions that I have for you yeah. and so many more topics that I want to discuss with you. So thank you for taking the time out to be a part of this. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your writing with all of the yes. listeners. I, I really... I'm so excited to see where this goes for you. You are one of the smartest... Um,
1: you're so kind. I mean
0: it when I say you're one of the smartest and passionate and um, and uh, most insightful people that I've been lucky enough to come across. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until the next time, because I know you'll be back.
1: I will. <laughs> I will definitely be back. Yes. And I would like to say it's an honor. Oh. And you've just created a space that's safe and oh. easy. And I obviously I was nervous a little little bit in the beginning but I just felt like we're just talking. Yeah. So.
0: You make, yeah, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much (laughs) for being here. You're the best.
1: You're the best. All
0: right. (laughs) Thank you again, Goggin. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you so much to Goggin for joining me on that episode. Again, I'm sure we could have talked for hours on end. Unfortunately, we had to end somewhere, but there's no doubt in my mind that she will be back and share a lot more of her her insight and her knowledge on these specific things that are happening in the world around us. If you enjoyed it, please do not forget to hit that subscribe button. That is the way that new people can find the show. So rating, reviewing, subscribing. Thank you again so much to everybody that has done so thus far. It does not go unnoticed and it has made such a difference in my life. So thank you so much. You can find us on Twitter at at Ollie and All Pod and via email at oliandallpod at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for taking the time out to listen. Whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you. And we will see you next time on Ollie and All. Bye, y'all.